that way. And if you believe that, would you just lift your hands, lift your voices, lift your praises to the Lord right now and let Him know He's worthy. God, You're worthy in my life. You're worthy in my home. You're worthy, God, in my family. You're worthy today. You're mighty and holy, God. I worship You. I love You. I adore You. There's no one like You. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're worthy of all the praise, worthy of all the glory, worthy of all the honor, worthy of all the worship, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a beautiful presence of the Lord is in this place today. If you would turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, and uh, before you're seated, we'll just get to the word and write, and you can be seated in just a moment. Amen. As many of you know, I'm uh, the district superintendent, and that sometimes takes me away from here, uh, ministering in other churches and uh, other business things I have to handle sometimes. And while I appreciate the honor to minister at other churches, there's no place like home. I love being here, and this is my home. This is where I'm called of God to be. And, and uh, so just know if I'm not here, I'm, I'm definitely missing being here. Amen. But uh, love all of you in the precious name of the Lord. Thank you for honoring my wife today. Amen. And uh, hopefully I'm not in too much trouble later. We'll see. I, I have been making sure the dishwasher is emptied and, you know, the floors are back. I'm trying my best, you know, to put a few extra points there in the kitty. But I don't know. I might have to make a, a few withdrawals today. We'll see. Amen. I love you, babe. She's, she's still processing, you know, so. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of of visitation, and for just a few moments of your time, I'm going to preach this subject entitled The War for Your Soul. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, this is your church, not mine, not ours. You are the head of the church. You and your word alone saves, delivers, and heals. You know every issue, everything, every struggle, every need. Your word is both anointed and appointed for this moment, for this day. And so now on the authority of your word, I bring our thoughts captive and bind every hindrance. I loose your anointing to fill this place. You are here. Your angels are here. And without you, we're nothing. So let there be a demonstration of your spirit and power. Confirm your word with signs following. Let me walk in your spirit and not in my flesh. I pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. There is an identity crisis today, but it's not just in our world. There's an identity crisis today in the church. Too many Christians are considering themselves citizens and residents of this present world and not sojourners and pilgrims. But I've come at the outset of this message with a bold declaration. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. 
My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. There's a war for your soul. And you need to decide today who wins. And in this war for your soul, God has paid the ultimate price. He became our sin so that we could become His righteousness. But Satan, who's the thief, wants your soul. The Bible says it this way, John 10.10, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And then Jesus says, But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. There's a war today for your soul and you get to choose who wins. You see, Satan accuses, but Jesus atones. Satan speaks to your past, but Jesus speaks to your future. So be careful who you're listening to today. Don't listen to the voice of strangers, but listen to the voice of the shepherd today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a war for your soul. You get to choose who wins. There's a story among the Cherokee Indians. And one evening, an elder Cherokee Indian told his grandson about a battle that goes on inside people. He said, my son, the battle is between two wolves. One is evil. It is anger, envy, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, lies, false pride, and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, kindness, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The grandson thought about it for just a moment, and then he asked his grandfather, well, which wolf wins? And the old Cherokee simply replied, the one I feed the most. So who will win the war for your soul? If you want Jesus to win the battle for your soul, then you must identify with him. And identifying with him means you resist, as we heard in first word, the, the world and Satan and the things of it. You've got to realize you're a sojourner and a pilgrim, not a citizen and a resident in this world. And there's three things I want to preach to you real quickly today that you've got to do. You've got to abstain from sin, number one. You've got to be honorable, number two. And number three, you've got to do good works. Listen again, verse 11, 1 Peter 2. I beg you, he, you can hear in his words. This is, this is him saying, please, you've got to make the right decision. I can't make it for you. I beg of you, please make the right decision. I can't make it for you either as your pastor today. I can't force you to make the right decision. I can preach. I can pray. I can, I can love. I can reach. I can do all of those things. But you have to be the one to say, you know what, pastor? I'm with you. I'm not going to drown in the sea of pride. I'm not going to. Come on, somebody. I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. That word abstain means to have one thing by separating from or letting go of another. It is what is gained by discarding something else. I want you to imagine for a moment that my Bible here is what I need the most in my life. And really what I want most in my life. So I'm going to sit it right here. You see, but here's the problem. We, we get loaded up.
see here. All right. We get all loaded up, and my hands are pretty full. You know, I, I don't know if I can. That's going to be kind of, ooh, that's too heavy. No. In order for me to grab that Bible, something's got to go. Come on, some of us are coming in carrying all kinds of weights. We got one on this shoulder and one on that shoulder, and we're pulling a little one behind us. And, and what God is saying today is what the Bible says in Hebrews. I would to God you would look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Would to God that you would lay aside every weight and the sin that so does easily beset you and run with patience. Would to God that you would let go of those things that you don't need anyway, that aren't going to fulfill you anyway that aren't going to help you anyway and grab a hold of that which is eternal that which is life hallelujah listen to what Hebrews 12 here says Therefore, since we are also surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lie, lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Just a few seconds, I had those bookcases on my shoulders. I could feel the weight, and when I took them off, Pastor Lucas, it felt free. Come on, somebody today needs to lay aside the weight. Somebody needs today to take off the weight and let God free you. Hallelujah. You've got to realize this is a war. The devil is using every device he has in his arsenal. You cannot be nonchalant about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've heard the, 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 the harsh phrase, that guy brought a knife to a gunfight, you know, right? We, we can't be bringing, you know, oh, well, I'm, I prayed three seconds, or, you know, over my meal. We can't be bringing that kind of stuff to this battle. Come on now. I've come with a bold declaration today. I've been bought by the blood, sanctified by the Spirit. I belong to Jesus. I'm not for sale. Jezebel and Ahab can want this vineyard all they want to, but they're going to have to kill me and pry it from my hands. I'm not for sale. About a hundred years ago, about a hundred years ago, a young pastor in the country of Zimbabwe was told to renounce Jesus Christ. The tribe didn't want him to preach his message and pressured and persecuted him and said they would do worse if he didn't, demand, if he didn't recant. They demanded he give an answer to their threat, and here was his answer. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Ghost power. The die has been cast, and I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of Jesus. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense, and my future is secure. So I'm finished with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, Tamed visions, worldly talking, cheap giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotion, applause, or popularity. I don't have to be right first 
tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I live by faith. I lean on his presence. I walk by patience. And I'm uplifted by prayer. And I labor by his power. My pace is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions are few. But my guide is reliable and my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice or hesitate at the presence of the adversary or negotiate at the table of the enemy or pander in the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, or sled up until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, and preached up for the name of Jesus Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes. Give till I drop. Preach till all know. And work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he will have no problem recognizing me. For my banner is clear. What an answer. What an answer. Well, I've come to tell you a hundred years later, that's my answer. I ain't giving up. I ain't backing away. I ain't backing down. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got enough stubbornness in me. You see, I was born in a state called Missouri. Some call it misery. The state animal is a mule. And I, I'm telling you, I can be stubborn like a mule. Don't you dare say amen, Shannon. You might lose some points. Well... So it came from my natural birth. I got the Holy Ghost when I was nine years old in the state of Texas. I guess I'm half Texan, I guess. I got armadillo skin. I'm not saying that to boast. What I'm trying to tell you is this. The Holy Ghost in me says I ain't giving up. I've come too far. I've seen too much. You are off your nut if you think I am walking away from God. Come on now. He's been too good to me. He's brought me through too much. Mm -hmm. I'm going to abstain from those things that weigh me down. I'm going to take them off and leave them off. You see, here's the problem. We take them off. And then after service, we go, well, I, I could use that. I mean, it's only a weight. It's not a sin. You know, if I take this with me, there's going to be some places I'm prohibited going. I'm going to have to stop. And, and, and take care of it because you know, I don't want it to get broken going down the stairs. Are you with me? But what God is saying today is no. Why don't you bring this to the altar? Leave that weight there and walk out free. Walk out changed. A lot of times when we read about abstaining from uh, fleshly lusts, our mind immediately goes to immorality and certainly that fits but fleshly lust here is anything you can lust for power you can lust for money you can lust for food 
anything that becomes a fleshly lust, anything that becomes an idol in your life. I've got to get buff. I've got to get in shape. Anything that comes before God. Let me tell you another fleshly lust. We can binge watch our favorite episodes, but we fall asleep after the third verse we read. That's a fleshly lust. Abstain from them. Hallelujah. There's a war for your soul. And you decide who wins. The next thing is be honorable. Verse 12, 212. Having your conduct honorable. This means to be in accordance at a high level of moral quality. Good, noble, praiseworthy, contributing to salvation. In other words, it's living a life that testifies to the transformative power of Jesus Christ. Actions speak louder than words. So we need to make sure that our lives and our mouths are preaching the same message. What I am in a public pulpit needs to be what I am in a private setting. Hear me. What I am in a suit and tie needs to be what I am in blue jeans and a t-shirt. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? What I am on a Sunday needs to be what I am on vacation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm talking about being honorable. I'm talking about matching up with the light. He set me free. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, but now I'm found. You see, your lifestyle will either crown or crucify Jesus. You'll either receive or reject Jesus. Your actions will either reveal devotion to Jesus or denial of Him. I want mine to prove what He's done in my life. I want my life to show that I used to be this, but now I'm something else. Hallelujah. Talking about being... Honorable. Do good works, verse 12. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak of you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe. Now notice, they see your good works. What do they do? Glorify God in the day of visitation. Here's how Jesus said it in Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth. Everybody take your pointy finger, whichever one, I don't care, left or right. Point it at yourself, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under the foot of men. You are the light of the world. If I take those pointy fingers, point at yourself, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Amen? Nor do they light a candle, or lamp rather, put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Watch verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Your good works reveal Jesus Christ. I was reading a meme the other day. um, It was a picture of a meme, but then there was a little article with it. And this, this fellow was following somebody and he could tell they were they were being rude they were honking and 
and, and they were cussing and swearing and, and, and all kinds of stuff. And, and just, and they had, they had a, you know, the fish symbol on the back of their, uh, you know, bumper sticker and, or their, their car and, and, you know, honk if you love Jesus and all this. And, and, you know, I'm a Christian at such and such church and whatever. And so the police officer actually pulled him over. And, and, and said, can I see some license registration on this? And said, well, why'd you pull me over? And he says, well, I think this is a stolen vehicle. They're like, you're suspecting this is a stolen vehicle. It's my vehicle. Here's the registration. He says, well, I was just confused because of all the Christian symbols and, and all that on the back. thought somebody might have stolen your vehicle. Huh. Ah. Yeah. Do good works. Our works can glorify God and others can see Jesus. No, works don't save you, no, but we will be judged by them. It's believed that Solomon repented near the end of his life, and his final words in Ecclesiastes seem to support that claim. Here's what he said in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Verse 14, for God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. He suddenly realized, you know, the sum total of everything is fearing God and keeping his commandments and doing works that are pleasing to him. We need to practice holiness inwardly and outwardly. We, we need to realize it's not a burden, but a blessing to be holy as God is holy. We need to serve and love others as Jesus served and love others amen doing it to please him not to receive accolades amen we need to know that since he's the judge of our works we need to do good works that glorify him and show him to others there's a world that's looking for the genuine there's a world that's looking for something that's real and when we do good works they'll see it the final phrase of 1 Peter 2.12 states, in the day of visitation. It's a reference to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Thus, combining both verses, here's what it's basically saying. There's a war for your soul, for you that have been born again. If the devil can get you distracted and deceive you, he will keep you from showing others the way to Jesus Christ. Stealing, killing, and destroying your soul and the souls of others. But if you live like a sojourner and a pilgrim, and you abstain from sin and you lay it aside, you don't pick it up, and you be honorable, and, and, and you do good works, then others will see Jesus through your life and want to be transformed by His Spirit. Listen to what Hebrews 12, 14 says. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Here's what I believe about that. We live in a world that wants peace. And we live in a world that badly needs holiness. If we'll pursue those things, we'll see the Lord. Okay? Because without it, we won't, right? That's what it says. Without which no man shall see the Lord. But watch this. If I'm not pursuing peace and holiness, others won't see the Lord either. Because if they're going to see my good works and glorify God... If they can't see that, how can they see him? So I've got to be living a life that reflects him. Like the moon reflects the sun's light. I've got to be just like that to reflect God to a world. Amen? Amen. Did you know that Satan's purpose is to make you forget yours? 
He employs weapons of mass distraction. And he'll try to deceive you. And if you're not vigilant, resisting him, before you realize it, he'll win the war for your soul. Mm. But as Pastor Lucas pointed out in first word, this is how simple it is to get Satan off your case. Lord, I'm submitted to you. I'm surrendered to you. I'm resisting the devil by my submission to you. He has to flee. I ain't worried about him anymore because he has to leave because I'm submitted to you. You've probably heard the, the little uh, uh, thing about if, if, if fear starts knocking on the door, let Jesus answer it for you. Come on. Amen. Just start submitting to him. Lord, I'm surrendered to you. I'm leaving behind those things that I didn't need anyway. I'm leaving those weights behind. I'm not picking them back up. I'm leaving those sins behind. I'm not picking them back up. I'm walking in freedom. I'm submitted to you. I'm resisting him. I don't want him to win the war for my soul. Can I tell you, Satan don't care a lick about you. Oh, he's going to advertise it. His billboards are going to make you think that you are the cat's pajamas. Oh, let me tell you, he's going to make you think that he, is, he just has your best interests. But it's because he wants your soul. He knows what's coming. <laughs> I have a feeling he understands. Because the Bible says he's going to be cast down to, from heaven uh, uh, and, and know that he has a short time. Now that, that time's coming pretty quick here. And I think he's going to realize, uh-oh, and he's in, he's in a war for your soul. Jesus, why don't you think about this for a minute? Satan will not die for you so that you can be redeemed. He wants you to die with him. In other words, he wants you to be a part of the second death and, and be a partaker of that eternal torment with him. In chains of darkness forevermore. Huh. But God said, you know, I, I want them to be saved. I want them to make the right decision. The only way I can do this is I've got to become them so that they can become like me. So I'll robe myself in flesh. I'll leave the glorious majesty of eternity. And I'll come and put myself within a temporal body. I'll suffer. I'll know what it is to be tempted in all points. I'll walk among them. I'll live among them. I'll die for them, bleed for them. I'll hang on a cross for them. I'll take every one of their sins because they can't do it, but I can pay the price. I'm the lamb that will take away the sin of the world, and I'll hang there, and I'll let them know there's hope. And in this war for your soul, Jesus is crying out today, whosoever will. Hmm. Satan wants you to die with him. Jesus already died for you. I have a feeling today there are some people of God here who are prepared to war on the floor in this altar. I got a feeling there's some saints of the Most High that are like me. I'm not for sale. And I wonder this morning, is there one 
Is there two? Is there ten? Is there any that'll say, I'm with you, Pastor. I'm going to come down to this front. I'm going to stand in this altar. I'm going to stand here as a representation of the fact that I'm laying aside everything. I'm not picking it up. I'm going to abstain. I'm going to do honor, be honorable. I'm going to do good works. I'm not going to let Satan win the war for my soul. Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. Jesus, you're the God of all the universe. You're God of everything. Your spirit fills me. You, oh Lord, are the creator. You, oh Lord, are the savior. You, oh Lord, are the Lord of my life. Come on. Is there more that'll come and say, I'm going to war on the floor today. I'm going to take a few moments before we walk away from this service and go about our day and say, Jesus, you win the battle. You win the war. I'm submitted to you. I'm surrendered to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, let me tell you what Jesus is doing right now. It's what he did to Peter. He's saying, Peter, I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. Come on, the intercessor is intercessor seating for you right now saying I'm praying for you I'm praying with you I'm praying through you I want you to win when you are converted strengthen the brethren there's a war for your soul and you get to choose who wins Come on, as the praise team sings, I want us to pray. I want us to reach out to God. I want us to reach up. I want us to reach in. Come on. That's it, saints of God. That's it, guests. That's it. We're pressing in. Oh, God, you win this war. I'm surrendered to you. I'm submitted to you.